Struggling to keep track of your story and world? Archivos is for you! More intuitive than a wiki, more extensible than Scrivener, Archivos builds your story bible into your personal, always-on tactical display. Graphical relationship charting, continuity tools, this thing has it all with bonus options for fan engagement and real-time collaboration. Archivos. Story world management done right www.archivos.digital. That's www.archivos.digital. Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, and what the hell, we're still here after all these years, talking creativity, business, art, discipline, and just about everything else we can think to cram into the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 1089. Today we hear from Kellen, who asks... I've got a fantasy story with all the pieces are humming along except for one thing. My antagonist hasn't shown up. At all. I know it'll be a family member of one of the heroes, but I can't seem to get a good grasp on the character and personality of the bad guy. If I can't really see the person, can't write them. What would you do in this situation, or do you have other suggestions? I'm trying to make them logical and sensible in their bad guy point of view, so there are more realistic shades of gray in the story. The good guys aren't particularly good. They want revenge, not justice. Well, I suppose the first thing to ask yourself is, do you need an antagonist? Or is your um, story got enough baked-in conflict already? If your protagonist is attempting to conquer nature or conquer a part of himself, you know, by train... Sports fiction is great for this, right? Because there's no bad guys in sports fiction. They're just training to do a cool thing. My Suave Rob series is like this, especially the first one. There's no bad guy at all in Suave Rob 1. Um, and the bad guys in Suave Rob 2 and 3 are entirely incidental to the plot, um, for the most part. But uh, in Suave Rob 1, it's all about Rob trying to figure out how to surf a supernova and going through all the difficulties that it takes to become the kind of person that could pull this thing off. So it is possible to have a very, very satisfying drama with no antagonist whatsoever. Or you could look around at your existing cast of characters and think, well, what would happen if my hero's best friend had a disagreement with the hero about what parts of this revenge plot are most important? And then maybe they're trying to beat each other to kill the guy that they're trying to get revenge on. Or something like that. Do you say that it's a revenge plot? That means that the person who is being avenged upon is, by default, your antagonist. Now, it need not be a person. It could be an institution, or a religion, or it could be a rock that they all resent and they're going to smash into smithereens because at one point their mother fell backwards off the rock and broke her toe, and that led her to be humiliated on stage because she had her ballet premiere at Carnegie Hall the next day, and she had to do it with a cast on her toe, and so she couldn't go on point, and so she was laughed out of her career, and the family was humiliated and made homeless, and so they have made it their mission in life to buy the land this rock was on so they could dynamite the hell out of it, right? You got a good antagonist there. You don't have any people. Um... <laughs> Jump in! Don't just give me that look! I was going to add that if you have a revenge plot, that sort of implies an antagonist. It does. Well, yeah, it does, but it, he, he's obviously thinking about something personal. 
about a character being the antagonist. And that may be where you're getting hung up, Kellen, because the the antagonist doesn't have to be a character. It can be a force of nature or an inanimate object or a dead character or a institution or agents working for the institution. All those different things will affect the shape of your conflict, but you can have perfectly satisfying high drama antagonist free stories. Now let's assume that despite all of this you really want an antagonist. What you want is someone whose goals will dependably frustrate your protagonist. The antagonist does not have to be a bad guy. He does not have to be unsympathetic. He might be the main character's uncle who is wise because his because he has gone on revenge binges himself, and he has learned that revenge is dangerous and foolish, and so he is trying to frustrate your main character by being the good guy while your main character is being the bad guy. It's just not situationally uh, convenient for the main character, and therefore he is your antagonist. A really good villain... A villain is a character who must lose if your character is to win. Doesn't mean he has to lose utterly, but he has to lose in some capacity. A really good villain will be a foil for your hero. A foil being almost a mirror image. Someone whose good points are where your hero is weak, whose bad points are whose weak points are where your hero is strong. He may be and and who is interesting in and of themselves. He may be super charismatic. So someone who would make a good writing partner. Yeah, actually, we talked about that. Hopefully the episodes will drop close enough that that'll make sense. All right, so let's look at a example of a story where the antagonist is a perfect foil for the protagonist and yet is basically a force of nature. And that would be the Lord of the Rings. The hero of the Lord of the Rings is Frodo, but the protagonist of the Lord of the Rings is not Frodo. The protagonist is Gandalf. Mm. Gandalf has been sent by Iluvata, God the All-Father, Odin, basically, into the world. He is a Maiar, which is an order of angels. He and Saruman and Radagast and the two blue wizards who we never see have been sent into the world to frustrate the plans of Sauron. Sauron is also a Maiar, i.e. a member of the same order of angels as all these guys. The entire Lord of the Rings is Gandalf fulfilling his life's purpose. He is the protagonist. Everybody else is just along for the ride. But Gandalf can't go destroy the ring himself because his job is not to be the savior of the people. His job is to win the people to the cause of good so that the people will stand up for themselves. All of this is in the Silmarillion and the extended lore. But it's all implicit and, and hinted at through the Lord of the Rings. So Gandalf is kind he is gentle, he knows self-restraint, he is incredibly dangerous, and he is willing to fight on the front lines. Now let's look at Sauron. Sauron is cold, he is calculating, he's, his only emotions are fear and anger, uh, or the only ones that get much screen time, fear, anger, and greed, really. He does not fight on the front lines. He sits in his tower. He sends slaves out to fight. He's a chess master, the closest analog to Sauron in uh, outside of, or in the other characters that we see, is Denethor. 
Sauron is very much a classic distant potentate who sends his generals onto the battlefield. Gandalf goes and stands with the generals. Gandalf leads from the front. Sauron drives from the rear. So even though Sauron is not a presence as a personage in Lord of the Rings, his character suffuses everything the Dark Forces do. So he, while he is a force of nature, he is the perfect foil for Gandalf. And that's what makes a good antagonist, whether that antagonist is a personage or a force of nature, is it inverts the qualities of the protagonist so that it can perfectly frustrate the protagonist and so that your protagonist's character is revealed through the way he interacts with his mirror self. And in man versus nature type of conflict, this works because you have the impassibility of nature against the unrelenting drive of the hero. One of them's gotta lose. But those two qualities are exactly in opposition, which is why those kinds of stories can be so satisfying. And that's what I got for you. Thank you very much for the question, Kellen, and we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty Nakian and is distributed by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text and production are copyright 2024, J. Daniel Sawyer. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, and all other rights are reserved to the author. All of you have made this podcast possible for the last few years with your support and with your questions. And now I'm going to ask you for one more thing. Reviews. We've got to spread the word and get the everyday novelist out to the new generation of writers that are coming online and are lost swimming out there on the internet with no hope of solidarity. Because, hey, the world's a fractious place. So if you could take a moment and leave a review at one or two places, or post about us on your favorite social media venues, we would be ever so grateful. We cannot do this without you.